0: Welcome to the Why Not Podcast, with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody always asks why, I'm here to ask, why not? I'll be breaking down the mindsets of guests, as well as my own, in a bid to find out what makes people say, why not? Hi, guys, and welcome back to Why Not. So, another interview here today. I have got Orla O'Flaherty all the way from Galway. So, Orla is a naturopath and a herbalist, and she specializes in female hormones and balancing hormone health with women. Now, Orla herself has suffered with endometriosis over the years. So we talk a lot about endometriosis, the treatments for it, and how going on the pill is not the answer. And this is, uh, Orla has a little rant about this as well and how people do think the pill is the answer. It is not actually helping anything at the time. A very in-depth uh, episode I learned a lot, especially about endometriosis, because I feel like it's not hugely spoken about yet and still worth knowing. And we have a little chat as well about periods and how they're not bad and how her and her sister are bringing up the young kids to know about them and know that they're part of life which I think is brilliant because they've been such a hush hush taboo subject so long in our lives it's great to see people who are actually you no. Know, this is grand and um, so as ever guys if you want to sit back and relax or walk and listen here is my episode now with Orlo Flaherty Okay, guys. Hi, and welcome back to the Why Not podcast. Today, I've got Orla Flaherty. So, Orla Flaherty is a herbalist and a naturopath, and I'm gonna let her give you a bit of an intro of what she does and where she comes from. So, welcome to
1: the podcast, Orla. Hi, Chrissy. Thank you so much for having me on. I really thank appreciate you. it. Um, so, yeah, what am I? I'm a herbalist. I'm a naturopath. This is like the 30 second elevator pitch that ends up going into five minutes of me on a rant, and because I hate the elevator pitch. But um, that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> So I am a herbalist and a naturopath. I work predominantly with women with female health and hormones. Um, I have a huge passion for female health and hormones because uh, one, I'm a woman. <laughs> um, I, I have my own biological clock. I have my own rhythmic cycles and I have had my own gyne- gynecological problems over the years. Um, I love herbal medicine and naturopathy. So naturopathy is it's kind of like an umbrella term for many different modalities of holistic treatments. Um, but predominantly nutrition and herbs is what I work with. Um, so I find that working with women through their diets with plant based medicines can really help to bring them back into a place of balance or it can help support them, bringing them, bringing them back into a place of balance. Uh, I got into it. Oh, I started studying it when I was twenty. Oh, I can't remember 22 or 23 um showing my age now so yeah I've been practicing for the last 6 years um in clinic in Salthill and Galway and uh yeah I just I found that my love for female health and hormones was just huge and I think it's because that there was um it's not that there is a gap a knowledge gap there but I feel that women aren't educated enough around their own bodies, around their own health, around their own menstrual cycles. And For me, I started having gynecological problems when I was, well, realistically, from the minute I got my period, I started my periods when I was nine turning 10. And yeah, I was quite young. And there was a few gynae problems that run in the family. And so when I was 15, I had to be referred to a gynae And I remember sitting in her office and the first like she had mentioned the the term endometriosis. So I hadn't a clue what it was. But I knew by my mother's face, I was like, there's something going on here. Um, and then she explained to me what it was out in the car. And it was like this massive fear all of a sudden just came on me. Cause I remember, do you know when you're kids and everyone asks you what you want to be when you grow up. Yeah. Um my answer was I always want to be a mother. So then been told that this is a possibility we have to go get investigations and the fear of actually not being able to be a mother um at that age and it, well obviously not at that age I wanted to be a mother but you know what I mean yes. the um, idea that it can not happen yeah yeah that that fear all of a sudden was like this is a possibility this might be a reality um so went had my surgeries and was put on the pill and so yeah I was 15 or yeah 15 or 16 I can't fully remember if I was put on the pill um to stop the progression of it um what they told me was that it was going to balance my hormones and everything but unfortunately uh, when I decided to come off the pill when I was 23 uh, I discovered everything was still there everything came back the cysts were there again and the pain was there and that's the one thing with endometriosis is that it's, it's an extremely painful condition physically okay. painful um it's there's links to it being um with the, there's the research now is coming out showing that there are links to autoimmunity which is inflammation within the body so we're looking at inflammation we're looking at pain so yeah I had to look at right the pill didn't actually fix that how am I going to fix this and just through my my studies been in college with um CNM so the College of Naturopathic Medicine that's when I started really learning about food and how food is your medicine and medicine is your food um, and how you can flip things and how you can support your your body and support your cycle and support your overall health and wellness and it was through that then that I'm not going to say I cured it because uh, again when I have months during lockdown during the pandemic eating crap food and whatever like you get your flare-ups and and all that but I I've seen firsthand with myself and with clients how change in diet can really change um what's going on in the body so yeah that's my long-winded 30 (laughs) second turned into five minutes elevator pitch
0: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) fine um can you actually explain what endometriosis is because i think it's lesser known i think people are starting to know pcos is, but i feel like endometriosis is still unknown or maybe that's just me
1: yeah well no it's like the the research that's been that's gone into endometriosis is it still in its infancy like it's only in the last 20 years really that they're they're doing proper research on it Um, so endometriosis is an inflammatory condition of the uterus Uh, so the endometrial endometrial tissue that grows it's the lining of your womb so that same tissue starts growing outside of the womb and it can attach onto other organs so the likes of your bowel and your bladder um some um in very very severe cases so like there's different stages there's like four stages stage four is like the worst stage of endometriosis whereas some of that tissue can actually migrate up into the lungs even um so depending on what stage you're at um there are links to it being hereditary again there's all question marks over the the original cause of it um so is it autoimmune is it genetic is it just purely inflammatory there there's there's different um there's different kind of paths of of the of the root cause for, and it's different for every woman as well again you have to look at hereditary factors and genetic factors
0: yeah that's a it seems it's quite um it can be quite an intense condition
1: yeah yeah so like it, it's and it's not even just when you have your period that you're you're getting the pain it's um you so you, like your pain could start you could have maybe one week where you have no pain um Um, And that would be the week after you've had your period. So when you're in your follicular phase and then once say ovulation starts kicking in, that's when the the inflammatory response can start kicking off again. The immune response starts kicking off again. Um, It's, so for women who do have it, they know themselves. It's like they, they have to, they have to really, plan their lives around it Mm. so like even the likes of for work for meetings there's a lot of women out there who have to schedule in their their holiday time in work every month so they're taking all their holiday days purely for their periods because they're they're so intense um where a lot of women what you're looking at is like a lot of trying not to get too graphic on you here now but like a (laughs) lot of like vomiting diarrhea like the whole period poop thing and not knowing what end it's going to come out of that at, at the same time yeah. um for like I've spoken to so many women who like they just lay on the tiles on the bathroom floor for hours just to get some sort of relief and like the prescription painkillers like I'm a herbalist and naturopath I still take prescription painkillers if I have a bad bout so I have my Ponston and I will take it <laughs> and it's <clears throat> there may be times still when that that doesn't even work so it's, it's just a matter of kind of having to push through and and knowing that the pain will pass but in in that moment it can be quite intense
0: yeah that does yeah that sounds definitely you know if you have it in a sense
1: yeah yeah (laughs) um yeah for anyone who's listening who does have endometriosis they know (laughs) they they know what it's like yeah and um it's it it is nice to be able to speak to someone who who does have it who does understand um Mm. because unless you've it's not unless you've experienced it but it, it's hard to understand that it's not just little cramps you know yeah. it's not it's not just a period cramp. it can feel like you're some research studies have have come out or some researchers not the studies but re- researchers have come out and said it's the equivalent to having a heart attack um wow. yeah that that pain is is so intense so I feel the more awareness that's brought to endometriosis the better for other women to be able to sit down and just be like yeah I get you I know mm-hmm. exactly what that's like it's shit sorry excuse my <laughs> no, language great. <laughs> work work
0: right. mind Kirsten's fine yeah
1: <laughs> so it is, uh, I, I think women do need to be able to have that bond through it in some way
0: do you find um people sometimes think you're over exaggerating mm-hmm.
1: yeah until they see you in it um yeah. people until someone actually sees you in either one a flare-up or two in the the worst days of the pain, um, they they think it's just you know because it's it's an illness that's it's one of those say, silent illnesses because you look fine you look like a completely healthy human being walking around doing your day to day stuff, um, but then when they see you in that mode, um, I remember an ex partner of mine and I have to give it to him he was amazing when it came to to this um, he if I. I remember the first time he saw me with the bad bout, he was shocked. And he is like, I know what your pain threshold is. I've seen you lift 130 kilos. You can push through anything. And he was like, I can't believe that you're on the bathroom floor getting sick. And I'm like, yeah, that's unfortunately what, what it's like. So until you actually watch someone go through it, it is hard to understand. And I get that it's hard to understand because it, it's hard to understand anything that you haven't experienced yourself, you know, just like for yeah. me, it'd be hard for me to understand any male condition any like prostate problems because I don't have a prostate <laughs> I suppose as well there's a lot of um there's not a lot of
0: talk about female hormone stuff until what maybe the last five ten years even yeah. like
1: yeah and, it, and even at that it's still taboo like I there's uh, a woman in my life who has endometriosis as well um but she was misdiagnosed with so many different things um saying it was bowels it was this it was that it was the other and it wasn't until some specialist from the UK, and this is going back, it's only 30 years ago, and they had no idea what was wrong with her. Um, And that's because the research into female health and wellness, or just into women in general, um, isn't done. Even looking at different different diets, the likes of your keto and your fasting diet, like all the studies that have been done on them, they're done on men. They're not done Mm -hmm. on reproductive women you know so there is the gender bias when it comes to research studies and especially for female hormones it's there was always a taboo around periods and there still is like yeah yeah, there still is like I I know like my dad god love him he just can't mention the word period around him and he just he squirms and I'm like come on you've been in and out of hospital with me yeah you're not used to it by this stage like uh, I don't think I
0: could say that word to my dad I think he'd be like
1: (laughs) yeah they, they just they don't know what to do with it and the way I see it is the more we talk about it especially with our men I think the better it's going to be because this is it's not an argument but this is something that I find is really huge when we're looking at the men in our lives uh, so our dads our brothers our uncles and they're shying away from periods or they're saying that that's disgusting Uh, because I remember my brother saying to me I was disgusting because I had my period what men yeah, i know it's like half the population have this every month for the predominant part of their lives sorry brother i can't control this <laughs> exactly exactly i remember i was off school once um with it and he was eating something and i was like kind of a bite and he was like no i you're you're sick i'll catch it i was like you can't catch period and he, he was like you're disgusting and he's like take my food you've turned my stomach i was like fine more for me yeah. um But it's like, I think if we can talk to the men of our generation now, the men who are having little girls, who are becoming fathers to little girls and making them aware that their language around it is so important, because if a little girl is being told that she's disgusting or being told that her period is disgusting, she's inevitably being told that she is disgusting. And that's a rejection from the male figures in our lives. Um, I think I think it's if if men can understand what a period is, I think a lot of the time there's a it's not that it's ignorance. It's just that they don't know. And I feel that people in general fear what they don't know. So Mm -hmm. if we can educate men and and young boys from a young age around periods and normalize it, it'll no longer be a taboo. And it, it won't be this big, scary thing that you're you're having to run and hide from.
0: Yeah, I think even lads like our age, um, I think we're in around the same age. But like, they, uh, they're like, nah, Like I mentioned, to my boyfriend, he's like, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, I'm talking to this other girl about
1: a uh, female hormone. hemp. He's like, yep, nope, <laughs> <laughs> not for me, thanks. No, <laughs> <You're> grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, and and that's it. And like, I've talked to a lot of male friends, and I've had many different experiences with different partners and exes in the past. Some were good, some were were bad some were terrible one guy was trying to kick me out of his car when I was trying to explain a period to him and I'm like really <laughs> like really and he was hanging off the window gagging and I was like oh my god is this what I'm dealing with and the, but then I've had the other side where I've had a, a partner who was really supportive in it mm. but it's like let's just talk about it it's just a period yeah. it's just a period I, I saw Des Bishop's bit stand-up bit on on period sex and he was like all sex is disgusting really all bodily fluids are disgusting it's just a different color of disgusting and I was like yeah you need to talk about this more and get men on (laughs) on board with just talking about it
0: that's true actually I have to say like I was kind of bad for for a while like I did an episode with the girl used to host this with me and it was all about periods and I was like nope don't want to talk about it nope and then I was like no I need to learn about this stuff I'm nearly 30 this is ridiculous
1: (laughs) and so can I ask why what what was it that was making you uncomfortable with that?
0: I just
1: thought they were icky.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they are, they are, to be honest. It's not exactly night time, but like... Yeah,
1: yeah. Because then um, I was like,
0: okay, it's time for me to grow up, come on. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know, it's not even a matter of growing up, but that's the narrative that we've mm. been fed from yeah. a young age. And as well, having to keep it quiet and calling it, like, I, I don't know about in your house, but in my house, it was it was always called The Friend. And it was like, oh yeah, my friend is here. And then when we were in school, it was like, oh, Aunt Flo was on, is coming for a visit and all this, and it's like... There, there's that secret narrative around it like just call it what it is it's period Do you know yeah. that, that's all it is it's your menstrual cycle that every woman goes through and we have to go through to be able to bring new life into the world Do you know
0: I think it was time of the month in my house I can't remember yeah. now but my mom will be equally awkward about it like she'd be yeah. like here you go here's a pad <laughs> now off you go <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's it it's it, it's the narrative and it, and it's like I think once we we change that narrative and we're like we start celebrating it like it's um it's funny I have two nieces they they're six and three they're going to be seven and four soon and they know all about periods already um we yeah already like we call it our, our moon time so whenever we have our periods it's like oh no I'm on my moon time you have to be gentle don't be jumping on my tummy you don't be doing this and they're like oh okay And what's your moon time like and is it heavy and is it this and they're I'm like guys just leave me alone for once please I'll answer all (laughs) your questions just not while I'm on it I'm tired and I'm sick right now um but they're great about it even uh so obviously my mother has gone through menopause and and all that and she's having um, which is very common in uh in most women post menopause not most women but a lot of women post-menopause the likes of prolapse womb so she has a a prolapse womb at the moment and the girls know you know granny can't pick you up because of her womb and they're like yeah granny's womb is falling out she can't have kids anymore (laughs) it's like she hasn't been able to have kids for a long time anyway that's not the (laughs) reason but (laughs) yeah and then they're just like they look at me like can you have kids I'm like yeah my womb is still there and they're like oh yeah you get your moon time I'm like yeah I do and they're always wanting to come in and just ask all these questions and, and we answer them and we tell them all about it. But And that's what's meant it normal, because yeah. it's like we're, we're talking about it from since they can talk, you know, we're not hiding it from them.
0: Yeah, I suppose, well, like kids won't kids aren't going to judge it. No. You know, they're just interested. They don't know what like. No, kids know, are curious. That's probably good as well if you have such like like bad periods you probably need to tell them don't go near me
1: yeah oh, and that's it that's it because like they're yeah look they're little girls but they're freaking rough little girls and they batter me constantly they'll have me down <laughs> on the ground killing me um but I I, I know I can say to them "Like girls no moon time you have to be gentle with me and they will be and yeah. um but it is, it is great like we've the eldest Isla she's um we've told her like the celebration around your period and what it means and it's like the creation of life and it, it's about becoming a woman and coming into your power and she was like so can I have a period party when I get my first period and I'm like yeah we're gonna have a period party for you so we're gonna do a little ceremony and I know it sounds very woo boo and very hippie but it's about her celebrating her womanhood instead yeah. of it being yeah you your period we don't talk about this you know shout it you. loud
0: that's a brilliant idea, actually, because like you said, like you know growing up, it's like don't mention it, don't say anything about it. That doesn't
1: happen. That do- it does happen. Exactly. <laughs> and like, exactly. why not just be like comfortable about saying yes, yeah, my period? Yeah, exactly. And it's uh and I'm very lucky, say, with um an uncle on my mom's side, he was the youngest. There, there's six of them, but there was uh four women, so he was used to being sent up and down the stairs with hot water bottles and everything and I remember I used to work for him as a waitress and one day he saw me and he was like oh no oh come on and he went and he got me a, a coffee percolator thingy and he was like yeah. sit down put that on your tummy there and I was like you're amazing I was like could you go talk to my father please <laughs> and teach him how to do this <laughs> but yeah it's, it's I think it's a matter of just being open about it because like like you said there it happens no matter yeah. how much we say it doesn't happen doesn't change the fact that it happens.
0: <laughs> We're not getting rid of it. Inventing you don't want to get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Do you find um when it comes to the like treating endometriosis, endometriosis or in gen- general mm-hmm. hormone issues, um, is it more kind of natural remedies that work, or like, is there any medication, or is it still just the, like if you went to a doctor, they'd be like, here's the pill. Yeah,
1: yeah. So when you go to the doctor, it's um, it's it's a combination of different things. It's the pill or else, it's, um, one of my favorite ones that they say, uh, is to get pregnant. Um, they, they would, they tell you to get pregnant as one of the the treatments because it'll stop the progression. And then as well is early menopause. So they'll induce menopause. Um, yeah. So they're quite intense treatments say those either pregnancy or induced menopause, um, or else there's the pill and uh, so like for me it was I was prescribed the pill uh, to stop the progression and look it did stop the progression but it didn't fix the underlying cause which in me is in- inflammation and yeah. um, some autoimmune factors as well because I also have a thyroid condition and it was when like I said earlier it was when I came off the pill and everything started coming back in the pain and I had to go for more surgeries and I was like okay that didn't fix it so how do we go about fixing it what's the problem here what's causing it again inflammation so I had to look at reducing inflammation going on an anti-inflammatory diet going on there there's a diet known as the, as the endometriosis diet mm-hmm. uh, so it's a diet uh, high in antioxidants high in omegas very low in inflammatory um foods so what we're looking at mm-hmm. is reducing or eliminating out and I know it, it can be a hard diet eliminating out the likes of dairy and wheat and sugar, caffeine, alcohol, all, all the fun stuff, all the nice Should stuff. Should I say that? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. And like, it doesn't have to be for life. Like I, when I did it, I did it, I think it's like eight years ago and I did it with the plan of six months and I ended up doing it for about nine months to a year. But mm. then I slowly started incorporating different things back in. So now forget about pandemic okay so before pandemic um I would have had like you know the odd pizza every now and then because pizza is my vice and yeah. pizzas know, them. Yeah, but it's, it's pizza like you yeah. know if you don't like pizza I'm sorry you're even human um but yeah so like I'd have the odd pizza or I'd have the odd bit of sourdough I I tend to avoid I would tend to avoid bread and dairy as best as possible and again this is pre-pandemic because like human and there's there's been a bit of comfort eating over the last year and a half but um looking at reducing our inflammation we the reason wheat is so inflammatory is because of all the sprays that are sprayed on the crops so glyphosate is the main ingredient in roundup which is sprayed on our crops and Mm -hmm. it's a pesticide it's carcinogenic it's a known carcinogenic and it's uh, an endocrine disruptor as well so The way pesticides work is that they kill the reproductive organs of pests and then we're consuming the the residual chemicals that are on our foods and so when you're looking at food you're kind of looking at the quality of food as well so trying to buy as organic as you possibly can just to make sure that you're not consuming um all these herbicides and pesticides and sprays and chemicals which are having a direct effect on our reproductive systems as well yeah
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Actually, I think I, I listened to the episode when you're on Brian Keane's podcast and at the end I was like, I can't eat anything.
1: I, I know. And I felt terrible. The amount of messages that I got, they're like, especially salmon. I was like, I broke so many people's hearts when it came to <laughs> salmon. I'm like, I'm so sorry. just like I'm getting hate mail over salmon. Um, you can eat salmon, just get wild salmon if you can. <laughs> I know it's very hard. Go in the river and catch them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: is there any kind of herbal things as well that you use that, that helps with the lives of endometriosis or hormone stuff?
1: Yeah. So as a herbalist, like we don't treat the condition we treat the person. So everybody's body is different. So like I, I have many different women who come to me with endometriosis and other fertility issues. And so I could have two women in one day with endometriosis and they'll both get two completely separate formulas because we're looking at the individual, but there are loads of herbs that can help. So we're looking at, anti-inflammatories we're looking at hormone modulators we're looking at adaptogenic herbs which work on stress on the on the system um what i'm finding especially within the last year and a half is stress stress is one of the leading causes of of your flare-ups and again Mm. because stress increases cortisol which is inflammatory and because endometriosis is an inflammatory condition it's also an estrogenic condition like we have to look at managing the stress levels in the body. So, again, very person specific, but there are loads of different herbs and even supplements. Like, I'm not someone who likes to push everyone on supplements, but if you have a health condition or if you have an imbalance or a disease within within the body, we have to look at where that imbalance is and what we can do to support it. And supplements are really good because the thing is, when it comes to food, like we're meant to be getting our vitamins and minerals from our food but it's that age old saying you are what you eat you're not you are what you absorb and in this high stress life that we're living and the rat race that everyone is in like our digestive systems have just completely switched off like I would love I know a couple of people who are really really rigid with their diets not that they're like they, they still enjoy their food and everything but they're very specific around what they eat but even at that they would still have digestive issues and again that's going back to stress so even if you're eating everything if you have stress in your life it's going to switch off your digestive process so yeah yeah, there are certain supplements as well again antioxidants um all your your vitamins ace zinc selenium these are the most potent ones for reducing inflammation within the body
0: how do people take to the whole herbal remedy stuff or do they know when they're coming to you that's what they're going to get
1: yes no yeah they they know um when they're coming to me that it's it's herbs and nutrition like I'll always talk to people first and explain to them what the process is and I find that the women who come to me um predominantly not all but predominantly the women who come to me are the women who have exhausted all other options they've Mm -hmm. gone down the western route and or the allopathic route not the Western route, but they've gone down the allopathic route and now it's they're they're ready to try anything so, yeah. you know that sorts of way um and I think for some women you, you just have to get to that point where you're, you're fed up and you're like I'll, I will literally try anything um other women have done research and have seen what they they can do for themselves <clears throat> and then they'll they'll come and they'll seek out a naturopath or a herbalist
0: okay so they're not you don't get as much kickback or do you still get a bit of them kind of going
1: hmm. yeah a, a little bit a little yeah. bit um but I think there is a lot more research out there when it comes to plant medicine now thank god because yeah. uh when we're looking at plant, plant medicine we're looking at plant chemicals so 70% of pharmaceutical medication is derived from plant chemicals so with pharmaceutical meds they're extracting a chemical from they're extracting one chemical from a plant whereas when we're looking at working with full plant medicine we're using all the chemicals in the one plant so they work synergistically together so in one plant you could have a chemical that is going to say increase your blood pressure but in the same plant there's a, a plant chemical that's going to counteract that balance so if you're not having that side effect of the increased blood pressure then it, it's balancing itself out um that's what I love about plant medicine is that it it does it all works as a whole together there's something though when it comes to plant medicines a lot of people think that because it's quote-unquote natural that it's all completely safe and I'm like there are herbs out there that are going to stop your medications from working there are herbs that are going to again increase your blood pressure something a lot of people don't realize is licorice licorice root which is a very common plant and you'll get it in um a lot of say natural cough bottles and stuff is um licorice but that increases blood pressure and there's so many people out there who are taking it who have blood pressure problems and it's like okay no you have to stop taking that please um my own dad has done it plenty of times he's come home with bottles of things i'm like why are you doing that i was like you can't take that um <laughs> just listen to me for once <laughs> yeah i'm like will you listen to me please <laughs> but um i, I think there there needs to be a lot more education around say natural treatments and everything that's out there because like people are Googling things and they're just, they're going off and they're taking them. Even with the likes of the adaptogens, the herbs I was talking about earlier. So the likes of your ashwagandha, your, your, your panax ginseng, your, or your American ginseng and Siberian ginseng and rhodiola. Beautiful herbs. Absolutely love them. Um, But like the likes of, ashwagandha that can interfere with thyroid medication the like of uh, ginseng so your american ginseng that can really blow your mind it's a really strong herb it's very heady mm. and as a herbalist i only prescribe ginseng to the elderly to people with the cognitive um debilitation i, I won't be prescribing it to someone in their 20s 30s 40s unless there's an, a neurological condition there mm. and so we yeah we there needs to be more information out there and more cautionary use when when people are going on to dr google and 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 finding the cures
0: yeah so like basically go to a trained professional don't pick out your own herbs.
1: yeah yeah it's just because some of them are, are really strong and and they can have negative effects like anything that has any physiological effect on the body can have either a positive or a negative physiological effect so you just have to be mindful and always check with your own healthcare practitioner as well if it's safe for you to take something and a lot of the health food shops, well, not a lot, like most of the health food shops, they train their staff in nutrition. And so they they'll, they have a good understanding. Um, mm-hmm. But if you are going in and you're looking to get something from it, the health food shops, let them know if you're on any sort of medications or if you have any health conditions, because you could be taking something that's going to actually negatively affect you.
0: Yeah. Is there a difference? I know, I'm pretty sure there is, but is there a difference between herbalists and
1: homeopathy? Yes, there is. Um, Oh, I kick myself every time uh, that I I haven't sat down and actually really written this out because I can never remember it. Um, I should know. I should be able to sit here and define homeopathy for you because mm-hmm. I've used homeopathy since I'm fifteen, and my sister is a homeopath, and I still can't define it. But so, herbs is using um is using like the plant medicine. It's yeah. using the the chemicals from the plants, and then homeopathy is um and more energetic more free- frequency based so everything has a frequency um from water to air to like literally everything that is on this planet outside of the planet everything is frequency based um so homeopathy works by matching up with certain frequencies i can't fully explain it my sister mm. is going to kill me um, <laughs> I'll, I'll get her to write it down for me someday i'm just going to stick it to the laptop <laughs> but you it, get asked it a lot yeah I do and I'm like you really need to like get the proper definition of homeopathy um but yeah so there is a difference and again it, it's just a different modality of holistic treatment
0: yeah and do you find people com- confused too you when they come to you or
1: yeah yeah I've, I've had um people get on to me looking for homeopathy and I'm like oh I'm actually not a homeopath so I can't treat you and pass on numbers of other homeopaths uh that I know um now I've with in my college I I did do a, a module on homeopathy and like I know the I know the basics purely because I've used it myself for the last I was about to say 15 years but that's not true anymore so for the last crap nearly 20 years oh, I feel so <laughs> old um yeah so I've used it for so long that like I would use it a lot on myself and for friends and stuff if if they wanted it I'd never like force it down anyone like
0: yeah that's most of the questions to have or is there anything else maybe that you would know about like the, any of the
1: hormonal conditions that you think people should should know about well one area that I'm very much passionate about might be the right word um is, is the pill and oh and again I would probably get uh, hate mail for this from a lot of men <laughs> I, but look I, I think it is a very 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 personal decision and I never tell any woman to come off the pill because I think it's a personal decision like I was on the pill and I was grateful for being on the pill because like my first boyfriend didn't you know it saved me from getting pregnant oh, yeah, yeah, you know at a very young age so I'm like yeah no I'm kudos to the pill I, I was grateful for it Um, I just wish that there was more information out there on the pill and that that when women are put on the pill that they're told about the side effects that they're that they're told to actually get the packet insert and read all the side effects before you even start taking it that the pill can cause mood disorders, it can cause suicidal thoughts, it can cause weight gain, weight fluctuations, it can cause acne, it can cause cause and like and that it's not just the the fix all that it, it's said yeah. to be because when we're looking at the pill the pill doesn't quote-unquote balance your hormones the pill stops your natural cycle it suppresses your natural hormone secretion so when you come off the pill then you have to start that natural cycle all over again your, your body has to kick back in and and, and have your your sorry have your natural cycle kick back into action again that can take a lot of time that can take anywhere from four to 18 months depending on the woman Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as well if i wish women were told that when they are being put on the pill if it's to balance hormones that or if it's to fix um a condition like endometriosis or pcos or amenorrhea i wish that they were told that when they come off the pill that it's just going to revert back to how it was sorry excuse me um but but I've had so many women come to me in clinic and it's heartbreaking when they come in and they sit down and the one thing that I've heard that has broken my heart is if I only knew if I only knew and I was like I know and because these are women who are now in the the couples who are now in their 30s and they're now having problems with conceiving Mm -hmm. and it's because they were put on the pill to balance hormones but it didn't balance the hormones it stopped the auditory process which switched off their natural cycle um and then once they came off it it just reverted back so it's like yes the pill is there and it's used as symptomatic treatment and you know it can relieve a lot of pain especially in endometriosis it can relieve a lot of pain which is is really important but at the same time knowing that it's not going to fix the problem it's just yeah putting a band-aid over it um, I think and again no disrespect to doctors because doctors become doctors because they want to help people it's just it, the the symptomatic treatment uh, of what they're taught uh, I feel that there needs to be a lot more talk in the medical community around periods and gynecological problems the likes of endometriosis PCOS amenorrhea hypothalamic amenorrhea post amenorrhea, and just open up the conversation and look at ways to really help support the system like figure out the root cause like why is this happening it's the whenever I have someone coming to me my first question is why is this happening what's going on where because when you can figure out the why then you can figure out the how to fix it you know yeah um so yeah the pill and again I'm not telling any woman to come off the pill because it is a very personal decision and it does it, it it has its purpose and like look it stopped me from getting pregnant at 18 so like you know <laughs> um yeah
0: yeah i know um i actually a few girls i've talked to do with hormone health they do have that and i think i agree that it's not explained to you it's like right we're going to take your blood pressure here you go take it this time
1: yeah off you go and off you go exactly come back in six months for your blood test or your blood pressure again yeah and that's just come back in six months for your blood for your blood pressure and I, i don't even know do they still do the breast check with the the pill check up now I'm off it like over 10 years so I can't remember Uh, I never had it done before okay so you've never had so I did get forced into a smear test once
0: (laughs) (laughs) she was like you're over 25 now I was like
1: no I am not ready for this I get that duck speak away from me that is the scariest looking thing in the world I was not mentally
0: prepared for this I was like
1: what (laughs) I know but you know it's probably better for you instead because then you didn't have to have the work up or the build up of the the fear around it um Well, yeah, no, so they used to, um, they used to breast checks um, every six months as well. Um, so they, they just palpate the breast to make sure there's no lumps or anything because yeah. of the, the estrogenic nature or the synthetic estradiol. Um, so yeah, it's like, yeah, just be more open and, and give women all the information. Actually, that's it. It's give all the information and make an informed decision. I'm all yeah. for people going on the pill as long as they've made an informed decision that they're not just doing it because they've been told to do it without knowing all of the side effects and realizing as well that again it's just a band-aid if you're if you're on it for gynecological conditions if you're on it for contraception have at it you know (laughs) go for it (laughs) yeah go for it um but yeah it's just knowing why it is that you're taking it and what effects it can have on you
0: yeah sorry I went off on a rant no, that's okay. No, I'm pretty. <laughs> sure that, uh, most girls that who deal in this thing, they are uh, very passionate about this. Not the first time I've heard this rant, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's good that people are out there saying that as well. Like it's mm. very important that people know because, like I said, like people don't know what they're getting. Like most, pe- a lot of girls don't even know they're not having a period when they're on the pill. And
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like that. It's not your period. It's your withdrawal bleed. Um, and they're like, yeah, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you're not actually having a period. This isn't a period." And even that information alone baffles them like yeah. yeah it's mad it
0: is uh, okay right so I think that is pretty much everything except my one last question which is the that I like to ask everyone and what is the best advice you've ever been given oh you can pick more than one there, as well because I do let everyone <laughs>
1: pick more than one <laughs> <laughs> um there has been quite a few in my lifetime um I'm going to go with the one that's most relevant to right now. And it was a friend who said it to me. He said, uh, brace for the wave. And everything comes in waves in life. And your emotions or coping mechanisms are everything. And nothing is ever permanent. Nothing. Everything is actually impermanent in life. Nothing mm-hmm. will ever stay the same. We're always constantly changing. We're going to have some good days. We're going to have some shitty days. And even in one day we could have the full spectrum of all emotions going on um but yeah he said to me he was like when you're going through a shit time he's like brace for the wave and know that it's going to pass
0: that's really good actually mm. I like
1: yeah. that yeah uh, that, and I actually have it as my screensaver on my phone now um just to remind me um just because you know yourself COVID has had an effect on everybody and we've um. all no matter it's the one thing I see online is that we only ever show the highlight reels online. That's why I'm like Definitely. my work or my Instagram is predominantly just my work. And I make it very clear that this is just work because Instagram, Facebook, I, yes, I'm very grateful for them and they're great for connecting with people. Yeah. But at the same time, you just get the highlight reel from from people. And especially during COVID, everyone is trying, trying to be positive. And I'm mm. like, Do you know what? Like even myself, I found a couple of times during COVID really tough. But that advice—that brace, for, brace for the wave—and very much worked. now, when I go for my sea dips, and like a wave comes, I'm like, right, brace, coming, but it's gonna pass.
0: I just have to be like ready to scream. <laughs> yeah. I'm very dramatic when I go sea swimming.
1: Oh, so am I, but it's great. There's a freedom in the screaming and everything when you're out there.
0: Oh yeah, you dive underneath and you come back up and just go. Ah! Yeah, so much fun. Oh, it is is great. Just before you go, though, Orla, where can everybody find you?
1: Yeah, so after me getting out about Instagram, say <laughs> um, yeah, so they can find me on Instagram. So it's Orla underscore naturopath underscore herbalist and Orla Flirty naturopath and herbalist on Facebook. And I do have a website coming out very soon. Should have been out probably about three months ago, but I need to pull, pull the finger out, which is like, well, actually what I'm doing this week, I'm finishing off the website this week. Um, so that's going to be OrlaOflaherty.com.
0: Deadly. And, as ever, with everybody, you can find me still on Instagram at H fitness and also on TikTok at H fitness
1: <laughs> So, um, thanks again for joining us, Orla. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a ball. It was so imp- informative as well. Oh, I'm glad. I hope yeah. all my rants didn't go off on a tangent. But anyway, ah, uh, rants are brilliant, though. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again.
0: thank you again for listening to the why not podcast it really means a lot that you are listening in and i would love if you could please leave a review on apple podcast or subscribe on spotify and always i'd love to hear feedback personally so if you do want to leave me a message and let me know how you found the podcast please do